seeing the strength and the integrity of the women that were out here pouring the concrete, framing the house, installing the electrical, it, it was really incredible. And it, they came from all over the country. Hey, uh, hold up, man. I, I got something to say, man. Wait. What y'all out here for, man? What you here for, huh? Does your life matter? Does your life matter? Hey everybody, this is Brian Dare. You're listening to the Workshop Podcast and we are building construction careers. I'm very excited to tell you about a new podcast series that we're going to be doing. It's the first time ever doing really a series in the Workshop Podcast and the series is titled Women Who Build. We're wanting to introduce to you from all different parts of the industry, construction industry and the home building industry, different women who are involved in this industry. We are well aware if you're in the construction industry or you're entering the construction industry, you know that we desperately need more women to enter this industry. Highly male dominated and the need for skilled a skilled workforce that includes women is going to be a major part of whether or not this industry continues to thrive and grow and meet the massive demand that we have for a good quality workforce. So we're going to be interviewing women from all different parts of the industry, uh, from graduates of our program here at the Colorado Home Building Academy to uh, business owners to trade professionals and presidents of home building companies and individuals in finance and individuals who are uh, in research of the home building industry, all different parts of the industry. You're going to be introduced to women that are in it and that are thriving in it and that want more women to be a part of it as well. So far, I've done a handful of these interviews. I got more coming. I'm super, super excited about it um, and hope that it's helpful for you. The first one we're doing today is Purette Tierney, who is the vice president of American Homes for Rent, but also the head over the initiative, the house that she built. At the end of this interview, we did a tour of the house that she built. That doesn't translate very well to audio, so we're going to just cut that part out for the audio version of the podcast, but that is going to be available on in video on our YouTube channel. So look for Workshop Construction Podcast on YouTube, and you can see the tour there. Worth checking out. So without further ado, here's Jurette Tierney. Jared, I want to get into your career story and what you do and how you got to where you are. But right now, we are sitting in the home that has been titled The House She Built. So I want to actually start there. Tell me a little bit about that. What's happening today? And how are you a part of that? Yeah, so the house that she built was kind of the brainchild of our Professional Women in Building Association here in the state of Utah. It kicked off about two years ago, actually, when we were founding our chapter of the PWB and decided, you know, oh, we're founding a new chapter. We should take on a super ambitious project and decided to build a house uh, utilizing 
female owned companies, female labor, female volunteers, our architects, our in engineers, our interior designers, kind of as many women as we could get involved in this project to help promote women in the industry. Um, it definitely wasn't about women building a house better than men. It was more about the underrepresentation of females and that there are a lot of women that do these jobs that aren't necessarily always highlighted. And so it was it was a big challenge. Um, you know, as we know, there's there's a, a shortage of people in the trades in general. And then when you look at the female population, I think it's what maybe around three percent. So we were flying in tradeswomen from around the country to help us get this project to the finish line and very exciting timing of this interview because the Parade of Homes in Utah County is opening on Thursday and we just finished the house. It was actually being judged this morning. So maybe later I'll give you a little bit of a tour, but um, it's been a, a labor of love for the last couple of years. That's great. That I, I was really inspired when I first heard about it, maybe it was two or three months ago, uh, what, what you're doing there. That is so cool. And I love just the tangible representation of the initiative you all have going on there. That's great. So this was this is a house built by women, planning and execution. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we were super fortunate that there were some trades that we struggled to find and we had the support of our male counterparts who came out and, you know, they would, I, I helped frame the house. I am definitely not a framer, but with the right instruction and um, the other really cool thing is that it's actually built in an Oakwood Homes community, which I think has yeah. some affiliation with the Home yes, Building Academy and, uh, yep and subordinated a lot to us and helped with the construction loan and really have been an amazing sponsor and support system. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We just did our last interview we did on the podcast was with the CEO of Oakwood Homes, Pat Hamill. And uh, yeah, they're a huge supporter of what we do. Um, so they're definitely a home builder that has a lot of heart. We wouldn't exist without their support for sure. And, um, and help also guide our vision and future and looking to replicate this uh, in many of the other cities. So it was cool to see the connection there that you guys have um, and what they've, what they've done with the, with the house project there. Did I hear that it's mostly or not, not entirely, but, but the ton of volunteer work uh, went into this as well. Absolutely. So, you know, the goal of the project, the primary goal was to highlight women who were in these jobs today, right? Tradeswomen, women engineers, and kind of showcase that there are people doing it today and inspire the next generation to show them what's happening in the industry and, and some of these women that maybe fly under the radar. But the secondary mission of the house was to really try to construct it for as low a cost as possible, including a lot of sponsorship, material donations, labor donations, uh, volunteer work. And ultimately at the end of the parade of homes, we are going to sell this house to some lucky homeowner. And the proceeds from that sale will go to a couple different things. One, um, a charity here in Utah that helps support women of domestic violence and other situations, help them get back on their feet. And then also we will be contributing about 60% of the proceeds to scholarships for women who are interested in going into the construction industry. So using this project as a platform to really give back as well as bring awareness. 
That's great. I love all that. That's that's awesome. And and it's, maybe it's, some of your students will want to apply for some of our scholarships, right? <laughs> I suspect they will. We've got some great students um, who, and most of the most of the students who come our way, most of the women who come our way, they want to be in the trades. Now, some of them may be interested in getting just in home building in general, uh, but majority of them they want to be in the trades. They want to they want to build the homes, and so they would be highly interested in this project yeah. and and That's and, awesome. be, and just seeing I was what so happens. Like so inspired by the women that came and helped on this job. You know, obviously I was more of the the volunteer. I'm in construction, but more on the office-based executive kind of sales, marketing, architecture side. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing the strength and the integrity of the women that were out here pouring the concrete, framing the house, installing the electrical, it, it was really incredible. And it they came from all over the country. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That is really good. Cool stuff. Thank you for the introduction there. I want to, if I could just maybe backtrack a bit and talk a little bit about your story. And again, most folks listening to this are in the middle of starting their career or making a major career shift. We do also have some listeners that are just uh, professionals in the industry, but most of, most of the students that we serve, they're they're looking for a new career in construction, whether they're in the middle of their career and they've done something completely different and they want to, they want to shift from that or, or they're, they've really not had anything that they could, that they want to call a career. It's, it's pay the bills, but that's it. And they really want that kind of meaningful career. Um, so that's the kind of individuals we tend to speak with. And so I, I technic, I, I, um, I typically start off these interviews by just getting a little bit of insight into your own career journey, what that's looked like, uh, what kind of turns has it taken, um, and what what are you currently doing today? So kind of start at the beginning of your career journey and then what you're doing now, knowing that the house she built is not your full-time career. So what is what does that look like? Right. That's my, my second uh, side volunteer job. <laughs> your <laughs> second I've got to be honest. Um, but no, my, so my real job, I, so I kind of came through a non-traditional path into construction. I went to school for journalism. I actually have a master's degree in journalism from the University of Southern California. And I had a girlfriend that worked at Pulte Homes in the Las Vegas market who was doing a big college recruiting movement when I was in graduate school. So I volunteered to help her set up recruiting trips to bring other students into Pulte homes, not thinking that I would get recruited myself, but she was a very good saleswoman. And so I found myself moving to Las Vegas uh, from the beach of Santa Monica in July. She was a very good salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I started in new home sales with Pulte Homes in Las Vegas and honestly kind of thought I'd just give it a shot for a couple months and then go back possibly into journalism and home building totally sucked me in. Um, mm. I loved the creativity. I loved that you did something different every day. It's odd, but there were some parallels to what I was studying in journalism. When you're producing stories and, and uh, you know, coming up with creative content, 
every day is different. You don't know if you're going to be reporting on the government or on sports or on, uh, you know, a long format piece. And home building had elements of that. I got to meet amazing people. My job every day was different. It was just a really rewarding place to be. And I found the home building industry totally embraced me as well. Some of my best, best friends come from the home building industry. And ironically, I also met my husband in construction. So see, you know, you can always like, if you don't love the career, you may get a love connection out of it. But um, yes, yeah, so it, it's been amazing. And yeah. I, my path has kind of taken me through Pulte Homes to Taylor Morrison Homes. And then my husband and I joined uh, his family custom construction company that his father-in-law started. And now I'm at American Homes for Rent in sort of this newest segment of the, the home building operation, building single family detached for rent homes. So I just mm -hmm. feel like there's so many different paths and facets and disciplines and departments that you can yeah. explore in this industry. That's what I love about it. When people think about home building, they, they don't always fully realize all the different channels that go into home building. Um, and again, we see tons of individuals who really want to do the building. They want to put up the walls. They want to, you know, they want to install the windows, you know, they want to do the roof, but, but there's, there's other individuals who just, they want to find something that's, that's meaningful, that's, that's, uh, that's satisfactory. And they don't really know where their life is going to go. They just may know what they're doing now is not what they want to do and are just looking for something different. And they hear there's high demand in the construction industry or in the building industry Absolutely. and we'll come our way. <laughs> What's that? What yes, absolutely. Again? We will take all of you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, anything that they're begging for work, I mean, people are going to, to see that as a positive. And so, and so they, they, they come our way, maybe to the Colorado Home Building Academy, and they're not really sure what's next, but they know they just want to do something that's meaningful, that pays well, that is in high demand. And, uh, and, and, they, and it's, it's just need to watch them discover lots of different options there. There's a lot of us in the home building industry that, that actually aren't particularly handy. You know, don't ask us to fix anything, but, but we really believe in the industry and, uh, and, it, and it provides a lot of opportunity for a lot of people. It's a cool thing. Absolutely. Well, and what's really cool is, so when we moved to Utah, we, we went from Vegas to Scottsdale, to Sacramento, to the Bay Area, to here. So like geographically, you can do home building in almost any place you land, right? right. And so now I'm in, in the state of Utah and my husband is running a trade services company. So he hires excavation teams, framing teams, finished carpentry, uh, painting, the whole gamut. So his, his company is structured to support exactly what you guys are doing in the Home Building Academy. And to see, to see the type of people that he is able to recruit and just hard workers, salt of the earth, like just great individuals who in a, in a company like that can, maybe they start in framing and then they realize like, wow, I really prefer the finished carpentry side of woodworking, or I wanna go into the mill and build cabinets. Like, again, there's, there's so many different opportunities that people who start in the trades can, can explore as they find their path and their passion. Yeah, that's great, that's good. Uh, yeah, and I, I, we've, we see that too, that 
I appreciate you mentioning kind of the salt of the earth. I, I just, one of the things I, I like work like the most about working in this industry is just the kind of people I run into. Um, it's, it's just a cool industry to be part of and very optimistic individuals usually. And, um, yeah, just know what it means to put in honest work and do a good job and take pride in what you do. Um, and it's a really, it's a really cool thing to, to be a part of. I myself have worked in very different industries. I worked in the banking world for three years. I was in religion for 10 and now I'm in the construction industry. And so those don't sound anything alike each other at all. Um, but, uh, but it's, uh, there, there is overlap and there's definitely a common thread that runs through different career paths that you might go into. Uh, but I really appreciate a lot of what this industry has to offer. It's been super exciting. I've, I've only been here for two and a half years and, and uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And I just love what I get to do. And it's just a cool to be able to introduce other individuals to that as well. Absolutely. Uh, be a part of that. That's cool. The other thing that's, you know, I guess what I found that I really love about home building, and I would imagine a lot of your students are drawn to, is the fact that when you're done with your day's work, you can look back and see the tangible results yeah. of what you've done, right? There's not a lot of industries and careers that are like that anymore, where, you know, you're like, oh, I sat at a desk for eight, nine hours today, typing in spreadsheets. And what yeah. do I really have to show for it? Mm -hmm. Here, it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, yeah, it's taken us two years to build this house, but honestly, like it is spectacular and a family is going to move in here and we all had a piece of it, whether it was putting up, you know, a single brick or framing the walls or putting in the windows. And mm -hmm. now in my career, having been in it for 16 years, I can go back to all of these markets, you know, starting in Vegas and see a community that I helped design the floor plans for. And I sold to that homeowner and I help design that amenity center or build it or what have you. It's just, it's yeah. so cool to have that legacy. I love that. I love, I mean, yeah, and, and it, there is to be able, I, I hear that from our students all the time that they want to be able to, to tell their children as they're driving down the road that mom helped build that building. Um, yeah. That tangible benefit. And, and as you just mentioned, there's a lot of careers that, you know, you get to the end of the day and it was busy and it was stressful and you can look at a to-do list that you kind of did. But other than that, you're not really sure what you actually accomplished and what you did can contributed to the world. Exactly. You know, and so to be able, I'm, I'm, there's got to be such satisfaction to be able to look back at multiple neighborhoods in multiple states. You said I was a part of where those people live. Um, and building that community in a very yep. literal way. That's cool. And it's such, it creates such a team dynamic, right? Like doesn't matter if you're the, the concrete uh, guy handing it off to the framing girl, like you have to have a coordinated effort between the general contractor and each of those trades and even your crew, right? It's, it's this amazing industry that really breeds teamwork and collaboration yeah. versus yeah. all of these people who are working remotely in their little silo and like barely talking to anyone. It's, it's a very social industry and mm -hmm. um, that'll be very apparent, I think, for people who, who are jumping into it. 
Yeah, thank you. On, on that note, uh, women are highly underrepresented, uh, underrepresented in the trades, um, in in the industry in general. Um, it's it's highly male dominated. I've heard different kinds of stats. I heard for the trades about three percent. I've heard if you spread out the the tr the trade element into more general labor but the actual building process is actually goes down to about one percent and then if you take it into a broader scope of like office sales leadership etc it gets higher and but it's about eight or nine percent um does that those numbers sound right i'm not an expert yeah that does that sounds about right yeah and so well it, so that's <laughs> incredibly slim i mean you know so what what do you think is what what would you, what is your take on what has happened um and what is currently happening in that regard yeah you know i think it's becoming well first of all i think the trades in general had a bit of a, a downturn just when a lot of high schools pulled wood shop and some of those things out of the system, right? And, and counselors weren't maybe encouraging people to look at that as a path. That coupled with the downturn in the home building industry in like the early mid 2000s didn't help. So we're starting to see people reinvesting in education around trades, like what you guys are doing. We're seeing big home builders try and get the word out and almost more of a PR kind of effort around this. And really, when you look at, at what it costs for somebody to pay for college for four years to be, let's say, a, a lawyer, and that's probably even more than four years, right? That, that debt they go into and then their salary when they first get out of college, like how long it takes them to actually recoup what they could have gotten in an apprenticeship, getting paid on day one right out of the gates, learning a trade. Um, I think that word is starting to get out more. I think projects like the house that she built, bringing awareness to the fact that there are some amazing roles for women in the field, in this industry. Maybe it's not for everyone. Maybe it's not every role, but the things that, that we benefited from here, having a female eye on some of these non-traditional elements of the home, you wouldn't think you'd see, you know, female drywallers, but we found a couple girls out of Bozeman, Montana, and they did an amazing job. Our Finnish carpentry teams were like impeccable. So um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where I think it takes more conversations like this. It takes more projects like the house that she built, it takes professional organizations like professional women in building to create paths of mentorship and sponsorship and encouragement and letting people know that, that these are great jobs and they exist out there and we want them to come into the business. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really good. And I see that a lot too, that, that especially some of your bigger builders are really asking for this. You know, they want women to be in the industry. Um, and so it seems like just from a number standpoint with the demand that's out there for building, if you don't do that, you're going to get in trouble. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you, do you see any, any ways in which some builders or contractors or whatnot might make it harder? Like women that would otherwise be interested, but uh, they run into various roadblocks. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously I wasn't 
in the field the majority of my career, but even in the even in the boardroom, um, I've always been the minority, right? Like it's usually a lot of guys and then me. Um, and I think it does take a woman having confidence and being willing to use her voice and speak up. And you do probably have to consider having a little thicker skin coming into this industry. But what I have found is that if you, you know, kind of speak up and if you have confidence, the respect that you get as a woman is almost faster than I've seen my male counterparts receive. Mm. And there are a lot of, of men and women who are in leadership positions in home building that want to see diversity. They almost don't know mm. how to bring it in. They don't know how to encourage it, but they support it. And, um, you know, that's a, an example of what we were doing here at the house. It's like, you know, some of these, these old school contractors in Utah were like so encouraged by the fact that we were taking on this project that they were willing to come over and help handhold and show us and coach and mentor. Um, so I think that, that women just need to try to find their voice and get involved. If, if, if you don't have that confidence or you do feel intimidated, try and reach out to your local professional women in building organization or try to find, you know, a female in the industry that you can help bounce ideas off of or who can be a support network and support system for you as you're getting into it. That's great. So it sounds like, you know, having some peers, um, getting some, some social support, but then also being able to push past some of that initial discomfort, you'll yeah. find a lot of individuals really welcoming you into this industry. Absolutely. Yeah, there might be, you know, a few few more barriers to entry initially, but if you can have the resilience to push through that, that initial kind of tough or uncomfortable point, you'll mm -hmm. find that it's, it's an awesome place to be. That's great. We've seen that too, just with some of our grads actually, where they are coming from a different industry. They've been the most, when they commit to it and say, this is what I'm going to do. They've been the, the ones most rapidly getting into leadership. Um, cool. We do the 16 class construction skills boot camp, And one of the students from there, she came from, she has a very diverse background. She has an education in physics and has taught physics, but she also has been involved in the, the travel industry and done tours in Alaska and scuba diving. And she also um, has done, you know, paramedics. She, when she went into construction, she came via our school. And after just a 16 class of starting from the very basics and we do rapidly run from the basics to being able to do some actual carpentry and building and even a bit of blueprint reading. Uh, but it is a very initial course after she was done that she became a project manager right out of the gate. Um, just finding the right people, finding the right company and uh, showing the skills in the background and the incredible aptitude that she does have, uh, you know, just created this scenario where they, they really wanted her on the team and wanted her to lead these projects. And so it was cool. It was cool to watch that. That is cool. Almost never does someone go immediately into management, but. Yeah. I mean, when you think about who's buying homes in the United States today, right? It's a pretty diverse pool of people, whether that's age or ethnicity or, you know, cultural background or what have you. And so yeah. if the home building industry doesn't somewhat represent 
what the buying public of your product is, there's going to start to be a misalignment, right? If the people who are designing and building the houses aren't the same kind of group as those that are purchasing, I, I find a lot of success in that when I meet with clients and, you know, the, the wife wants to feel like she has a voice. And a lot of times having me in the room gives her a level of comfort to express her opinions mm -hmm. or give her mm -hmm. uh, insight into the design. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, whether that's females, whether that's minorities, whether that's a different socioeconomic background that you came from, in my opinion, the home building industry will be most successful if we can get the largest diversity that we can. I, I hear that. Absolutely. I think that's really, really important. You mentioned some things already, but anything else you wanted to, to add there as far as how we as an industry can really encourage that? Women, but also the diverse groups of people. Um, there, there, it seems like there is a real openness among builders to change this. But most builders I speak to do confess to the fact that it's just not very diverse yet, um, yeah. all the way around. So, so how 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 do you move, how do you say we move that ship into a direction that is catching up with the rest of the world on 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 this one? Well, I think you know a lot of it does come down to educating people at a much probably at a much younger age, like almost starting with parents and elementary school students to get back some of what the schools have, have diverted from trades and reducing, you know, a, a level of stigma about, I mean, this is an amazing career path. And if anything, you have more opportunity in the trades because you can go to any marketplace. You have a skill set that for a day's work, you get paid a day's work. Um, you know, I look at what my husband has been able to build with his trade services company, and it's like these guys have such, and women have such an amazing opportunity. Um, and it, it does take some education further down the chain. And then, you know, really trying to just get out into communities that maybe are underrepresented. Um, it, ironically, the house that she built, we're working with Group Two, which is a, an advertising agency that's helped us with the promotion of this house and branding and everything. And I've been helping them with a children's book inspired by the house that she built that we're gonna be launching through National yeah. Association of Home Builders. And it's again, it's just, what can we do to help show little girls even mm -hmm. that there are jobs and like you just have to almost start at the grassroots level and build it up it's not going to be an overnight process yeah i love that i i i took a look at that children's book i i saw that on the web page so yeah you're just from like bedtime stories just introducing children to this idea of women building the house yeah, yeah i love it can you speak to, you mentioned that's the stigma. Can you speak to that a little bit? Um, this, the stigma around blue collar work and the discouragement that may have existed. I think things may be changing here with discouragement that for some time has existed around that. Can you speak to the misconceptions that, that may be there in some folks' mind? Yeah. You know, I think that Part of it probably stemmed from, I don't even know exactly when it started, but it was almost like in the United States, people felt like the only path was 
college. You know, for a long time, I remember we had an auto shop in my school and a woodworking shop and like the trades were embraced as something that was a super amazing career path. And then at some point that seemed to pull back, right? And the high schools and the counselors and the parents felt like if their child didn't go to college, what was their other option? And it sort of like dissolved. And Mm -hmm. and so I feel like getting some of those things back is already helping and, and doing what I spoke of, of like showing your trajectory of income. If you jump right into a trade versus going to college for four years and there's people for both, right? Like there's, there's the right fit for each individual, or there's, there's a realignment in your career. It sounds like a lot of your Mm -hmm. students are doing that, right? They went down a path. They thought that was for them. I started in journalism. I realized like, wait, maybe let's pivot over to this. And I stuck for 16 years. Um, (laughs) So I think it's, again, it's just helping people realize that these are great jobs. They're necessary jobs. None of us would have houses if we didn't have trades. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I think that it's starting to shift and the home home building industry is so hot right now and price of houses are going up. And so some of that awareness, I think, is starting to take place. That's good. On that, you, you mentioned, as you talked about like your, your, um, that maybe mid-career shift that might happen or in your case, you know, you went to school, you said you have a master's degree in journalism. So if someone, if someone has, feels stuck in the choice they made, maybe at 17 years old to go a specific career path and they invested into a lot of education Maybe they even got a job in that industry and they discover this is just not for me, but they really like there's that sunk cost um, burden. What advice would you give to someone like that who's considering something completely different? Yeah, you know, I would say it's always difficult, right, to to make a big career change and feel like you've you've given years or whether that's time or money. But really finding something that you're truly passionate about, you think about how much time we all spend working and how much time you spend away from your family or your other passions in life to work. And I just, I don't feel like it's worthwhile, even if it's like, oh, I'm five years in or I'm 10 years in, are you still going to trade that off to be unhappy for the next 15, 20, 30, or however long it takes to finish out your career. So I would just encourage people to, you know, follow the path that they think is the most fitting for their, their skills. And even if that means a little bit of a step back, sometimes that'll leapfrog you forward even further. That's good. I think it's really good advice. What does your day-to-day look like in your primary career uh, right now? So in my primary career, I'm, I'm basically running five markets for American Homes for Rent. And I'm over the Mountain West region. So I have a pretty diverse uh, group of markets. I have Seattle, Boise, Denver, Colorado Springs. So I'm right in your backyard and then Salt Lake City. And we have teams on the ground that do everything from the land acquisition to land development. We design the community, we build the homes. Uh, We have to do all of the purchasing for the homes. And then ultimately we also hold and rent those houses out 
through our property management team. So it's it's a really cool new spin, I guess, on yeah. the construction industry, ber- yeah. you know, homes for rent versus homes for sale. But it's so been you hold on to those homes like they're your homes and you rent them out? Yeah, so we hold on to the homes long term, um, 20 years, and have a whole portfolio of assets. We're actually what they call a REIT. So we're a real estate investment trust with a home building arm within it. Interesting. That's fascinating. Are those rentals short term, midterm, long term? What does that look like? So, um, and I'm sorry, a bunch of people just arrived at the house that she built. So it's a noisy in the background here, but, um, it's not coming through too bad. So it's yeah. not. Okay, good. No. <laughs> we're like, we're in final prep mode for our ribbon <laughs> ceremony this afternoon. But, uh, yeah, so we usually, we hold the homes probably anywhere from 15 to 20 years, uh, mm-hmm. and build out the communities. So it's really cool. It's like, we even build amenity centers and dog parks and, you literally can't tell the difference between our for rent community and the yeah. for sale community next door. Any, any closing thoughts or anything else you wanted to mention about the house that she built before we wrap? You know, I don't think so. Just, I would love for everyone to check us out. And honestly, the Instagram stories or utahpwb.com, mm-hmm. we feature a lot of the women who helped us as uh, tradeswomen out here at the home. And again, if you're looking for a network of women to connect with who are doing this while you're in school, you're looking for support, mentorship, um, it's a great organization to get involved in. Cool. That's perfect. Thank you so much. So where can they find the Instagram or webpage, anything like that? Yeah. So probably the easiest spot would just be utahpwb.com. Mm-hmm. And then it'll have all of our social links and all the profiles about the house. And yeah, we'd love to love to have more people following it. Yeah, great. Good, good. Well, again, I, I hope some more folks uh, look you up and find out about what you're doing. And it's just really good work and such a great way to get more individuals inspired to join this industry. So thank you for what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. You have a good one. I'll catch you. Well, hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Purette. I know I really enjoyed hearing about her career path, her early career change, and her passion for home building, as well as the house that she built. Uh, just great. I just love that thing. Um, and the whole initiative and, and the opportunity to have this tangible representation of wanting to get more uh, women into the home building industry. We had the interview right around the grand opening, and now I hear they're in the selling process of that home. Exciting times, exciting initiative, and I hope it was inspiring to you, whether you are a woman or whether you're looking to help with this process of getting more women into the construction industry. Again, I'm excited about this series. Stay tuned. We're speaking with some inspiring and interesting women in the home building and construction industry. So there's a lot of interviews coming at you along those lines. So you have a good one.